When is your best time to set and begin working on a new goal? New Year's? Maybe, maybe not. Well, in today's episode, number seven, Judy and I are talking about New Year's resolutions. My legacy writing is called New Year, A Commitment to Change. After I read my piece, we discuss what it takes to commit to a course of action and then follow through, step by step, even when that process feels like a herd of turtles stampeding through peanut butter. I also fill you in on my word for 2022 and a few new projects that are already underway. Welcome. This is the Sidetrack Legacies Podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Hoffman. Do you have ideas and thoughts that you'd like to share with your children or grandchildren? Have you learned some life lessons that might help others? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you need to get it down on paper. The world needs your stories, values, wisdom. We call this legacy work. The Sidetrack sisters have been getting together to write for years, and the topic that we most enjoy writing about is ourselves, who we are, what we've done, and what we believe. Now, we want to extend the invitation for others to join us. So, grab a notebook, journal, or laptop, and listen in while the Sidetrack sisters share thoughts and tips on how to uncover, communicate, and preserve your stories. Melissa, hello. Hi, Judy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Guess who's in the hot seat today again? Yeah, this is going to be I'm just being temporary host. I'm taking taking your chair and putting me in it and taking my chair and putting you in it. So there you go. Yeah. So it's that yeah, we so we're gonna be the plan is is that whenever it's my turn to share my writing, you're gonna be um usually um hosting and uh directing the conversation and we'll see where it goes. Absolutely. So today we're doing the the second well we're doing the right the second writing in our series and you series is that a word? <laughs> series uh, I just made it up. <laughs> yep. But you're going to be talking about your New Year's resolution. Awesome. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. I think it's uh, called um, New Year's My Commitment. A, a Commitment to Change. A Commitment to Change. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing I have admired about you all my life is your ability to set goals and to accomplish them. And I think part of it is... Um, probably what we're going to hear about here. So I'm excited to get you started. Let's go. See my new glasses. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So new year's a commitment to change. I've never been big on new year's resolutions as a teacher. I always considered the school year, the beginning and ending of life with the summer as a buffer zone. Every August, I would sit down and think about the ways I wanted the upcoming school year to go. I yearly focused on having one family meal each week. Another year, I organized my dinner plans in a rotating schedule, you know, Monday pasta, Tuesday tacos. I usually worked to organize my brain around making my home and family life sane. While working as a full-time teacher with three kids, life was full, busy, chaotic. I did, however, use the new year as a beginning of my diet and exercise routine. You see, the beginning of every school year, I would begin 
by bringing my own lunch. Then as September slipped into October, I would begin to fade in my commitment to healthy lunches. This resulted in dubbing my eating habits as the red tray diet. Our school had sectioned red trays for lunch service. I would fill up the tray and was a member of the clean plate club. This would quickly lead to a 15 pound weight gain by the time the holidays were over. So throughout my forties, I would knuckle down and renew my commitment to healthy lunches and daily early morning exercise. Week by week, I would drop the weight about one pound a week until I could fit into my clothes comfortably again. This routine worked for me for the longest time. Now, the last time I did this was when I turned 50 on December 19th, conveniently positioned just before New Year's. I even committed to and began training to run a marathon, which I successfully completed. I am definitely in the minority of people who follow through on commitments made in this season. Unfortunately, the next four years, my last years of teaching, my weight slowly crept up even without the red tray diet and with regular daily exercise. There is something about your 50s, you know, menopause maybe, where all bets are off regarding the simple equation of life plus exercise minus extra food equals a healthy body. And this is where I am now. This year, my New Year's resolution is more of a recommitment. I'm continuing to prioritize my self-care with a focus on tweaking my morning my daily morning routine. Now that I'm not working in the classroom or teaching on my own children at home due to COVID, I have the time to pursue my new careers. I'm in the process of becoming a certified life coach and creating podcasts. As I move toward these new adventures, I want to create my life, time, priorities, and schedule that looks the best of what made me successful as an educator and incorporate them into my new life. On the other side of the coin, I want to steer clear of those activities that have made me feel like a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. I've lengthened my morning walk with the dogs and turned that into the time that I listen to podcasts. Then immediately when I get home, I do a few exercises paired with a meditation practice or yoga. I take a shower, get ready for the day, and then coffee with some journaling. Breakfast is late and then move into the day. I drink lots of water. Vegetables are my friends. Now in 2022, I will reach out to my human friends more often. I'm not expecting or attempting to achieve any sort of perfection since that really doesn't happen, nor is it really the point. The thing I love about beginnings, whether it's a new day, a new week, month, school term, or new year, is the optimism and the confidence that change is possible. Wow. You make it awfully tempting to become a New Year's resolution person. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I you know, in, in preparing for us getting together and talking about this, I was like, I, I, I just don't have the sense that, you know, me sitting down and saying I'm going to lose, you know, 20 pounds um, or, you know, drink, you know, a gallon of water a day. Or, um, you know, it, it just, what's, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work in my brain. I mean, have I done that somewhere down the road? I probably have. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, even with the goal of running the marathon, I, I decided that on my birthday, right before New Year's. And I thought to myself, what makes that different from somebody saying that they wanted to lose weight? 
And you know what I really, um, it wasn't, it, the, the marathon was a goal, but what it really was, it, 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 was, it was much bigger than that. What I, I had a sense of is that as I was entering my 50s, it seems like every decade of my life has had a different focus. Mm -hmm. And my 40s were all about family and children. You know, I adopted the boys when I was 40. I adopted Aubrey when I was 45. And it, the, the, my 40s have just been filled with kids. Mm -hmm. and, and that has been beautiful and where I've been and what I've done. And it's been amazing. Now, my 50s, my, um, I, I thought, you know, this is going to be the time now when I'm once again, reevaluating my own life. And, you know, what, what are my 50s going to be about? And so I thought, you know, to, to kind of kick it off, I wanted to set a touchstone. And I thought, if I can accomplish a marathon, I can do anything is kind of the way wow. I, is exactly the way I, that is what the thought was going through my mind. If I can do this, I can do anything. And that's a great mindset to have. So yeah. I wasn't the marathon for a marathon's sake. It was the marathon for a much bigger vision. It was, I wanted to set myself up for possibility and knowing you know, what you were capable of. Yes. And because I thought that was the biggest, like short term thing that would have long term, just, I mean, it just really set you up as a touchstone and say, Hey, I mean, what percent of the population has ever run a marathon? Exactly. Was that a kind of a bucket list thing? Yes, it has been a bucket list thing. And, you know, it, for me, it was a touchstone that I, I continue to look back on and say, hey, what, what made me successful? What made me able to achieve this goal? And it's not, it's not fancy. I mean, the only thing that made it work for me was A, I looked at what it would take to accomplish the goal. And mm -hmm. that was, I, I had to be able to run the marathon mm -hmm. in six hours. Okay. Otherwise they didn't count your time or something. Exactly. That you had to be able to commit to finishing in six hours. Now okay. there was some grace afterward. I think, you know, mm -hmm. I think there were some people that finished. I mean, when I looked at the results, there were people that finished like at six hours and five minutes and things like that. I don't remember okay. what the outside limit was. Um, and really the only thing, I mean, I've always been somebody who's regularly walked or, you know, enjoyed, um, you know, exercising in, like on a treadmill, just, I've never been into, you know, pumping weights, but being on a treadmill or just daily, a walking routine has not been a difficult feat for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wrote about that um, in the past where just taking baby steps, you know, having a regular walking commitment is, is something that's very easy for me to commit to, especially with dogs. Mm -hmm. um, so all I did was I, I committed to not walking, but, you know, doing a mama jog. And then I would go on the weekends on longer runs. That's all I did. It wasn't, but those, those weekend runs took a huge time commitment and they were, I mean, they took a lot out of you. Um, it's one of the reasons why I'm not going to run another marathon because it is a very large time commitment. And, right. um, and I, and I've done it now. So I'm back. Yeah. I mean, I did, um, I think it was when I was like 35, 
there was a coworker and I that were going to do a marathon together. And it was like a month or two weeks before the actual event. And I hurt my knee and I wasn't oh, able to participate, which, and I had, if I'm not mistaken, I think I had signed up for it. Maybe I hadn't, I don't remember. But, when did you um, jump out of the airplane? That was for Craig's 40th birthday. Craig's 40th. So you would have been 43 and a half. Oh, okay. So that was in your 40s in addition to the children. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. They're, they're kind of the same thing. <laughs> Jumping <laughs> out of an airplane and having three children. <laughs> kind of, exactly. You um, had the boys so, and you jumped and you had the daughter. <laughs> yes. So that was, I mean, those were all, all very exciting things, but very different than what I expected from my 50s. And um, so once I made that commitment and accomplishment, as, as I've mentioned before, I was able to, to do the marathon in five hours and 56 minutes. Oh, my um, gosh. You only had four minutes to spare. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, that is a whole story in of itself, just, you know, how there are sweepers at the end of a race, you know, people, um, you know, uh, race volunteers that ride bikes next to the last people in a marathon to, to you know, you can do this. You got this because usually the people at the end of the race aren't looking real good. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I'm sure not. I'd be like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, they came up beside me and wanted to know how I was feeling. And I mean, this is in the last like one mile and yeah. I was doing okay, but there was a guy in front of me. He was weaving all over the place and they, they spent some time with him. I mean, he did complete the race, but he was, he was, he was, his, his legs were moving and I don't know that his brain was home anymore. He was definitely on his last leg, so to speak. But, um, you know, the, the, the sense that I had was that my new year's resolution that year wasn't necessarily that I had to run a marathon, but I was looking at, you know, um, I really wanted to achieve something that would set the benchmark for my fifties. Of, of, of being able to um, be expectant, be, um, be hopeful, um, be um, someone who is looking forward to good things, big things in the future and willing to work for them. So that's, that's what really what I'm looking at New Year's for. Um, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, and then a couple of years ago, um, I read a book by Daniel, Dan, Daniel, Danielle Laporte, and it was called The Desire Map, A uh, okay. Guide to Creating Goals with Soul. And she really focused on looking at a goal, not in terms of what you want to get or do, but on how you want to feel. She said, oh. you know, the things that we get in life, or the things that we want to do are really because we want them to make us feel a certain way. And mm -hmm. so she walks through a number of exercises, which is, the, I think this is the first book that I actually used as a workbook and actually did all the assignments in it. Wow. And um, yeah, I mean, that's huge for me. That is how many self-help books have the two of us read together. And yeah. um, I think it's pretty, pretty um, solid to say that we can read a book with the best of them, but actually carrying out the the steps or the exercises or the suggestions of that book mm -hmm. that's that all you know all bets are off there 
Absolutely. There's so many. Oh, I'm totally with you. So many books I've read and they have a good, you know, five questions to answer. And I look at them and, yeah, okay, those are good questions. But do I sit down and write them out? No. No, no, exactly. Well, the other thing that I liked with her book was that it had like um, boxes, grayed out box areas that you could write your thoughts, but it wasn't lines. And so you could write words and put a bubble around it. You could kind of, it was more of a, what would you call it? A um, Like a mind map. Yes, yes. And so you weren't restricted to answering the question in a logical sequential way, you could just put down random thoughts. And that was linear, it was more creative. Yeah, yeah. And so um, back when I did this, which was probably just a couple years ago, I mean, I wanna say three years ago maybe, um, I came up with um, some intentions is what I I wanna call them, some intentions for the year. And those intentions were to be more mindful and joyful and expectant. And, um, and that was really appropriate. I mean, that was, it was like um, the last several years, the last four years in teaching were very challenging. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I knew I was, I was going to be retiring at 55. And um, with the change of administration that we had right there, that, that year that I turned 50, it was the blow up in my district when, you know, everything exploded where, I mean, it was um, the stories, you know, just everything. It was, that, you, it was tough for you to go through. I remember yes. intimately how tough it was for you. And, um, and after that, I mean, it was like the next year, this year is going to be the best year ever. I mean, I want to really just, you know, maybe just put the caveat on it that it became a place of toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, where we just where we were told to ignore the negative and you know, plow forward to the best of our ability. Now I can only imagine um, how that has continued to develop um, during COVID, um, because my retirement occurred right at the beginning of, re- of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I retired on Mar- I, I put in my notice of retirement March fifteenth of two thousand twenty, and oh, our school shut down. March 17th of 2020. So, um, you know, that last sniff of time um, I taught remotely, which, yeah, that was interesting. So I I can, I I mean, I've only talked to to my ex coworkers um, a little bit about that time, but they were, it was a very challenging time needless to say. I can imagine. Well, you timed that one perfectly. Yeah. So, and then, you know, after that, I moved into um, homeschooling my own children. And, um, you know, I I think to myself, it was such a positive and successful time for them, um, having me at home full time, and them at home. Um, You know, schoolwork went well. Um, I was able to be there and monitor and support and tutor, um, which was lovely, but it was a full time job. It was, I thought to myself, how do people do this if you have the expectation of of your own, you know, responsibilities outside the home, plus Mm -hmm. the the stresses associated with um, perhaps opening up and a shutting down of a workplace or daycare um, expectations and those falling through. My brain was just so incredibly um, thankful of the situation that I was able to be in, 
Oh, I can only imagine those parents that were dealing with it the other way. That had to be a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Um, and so now as we're coming out of that, where my kids are back in school again, and you know, life has, has continued to change and evolve, I've now gone, okay, now is that time that I have been preparing for since that time I ran the marathon. And um, you know, setting up um, the expectation as I was mentioning before, or my intention for this coming year, it's, it's a lot on my plate, but it is so incredibly exciting um, that this is what I've been preparing for, for the last six years. It really feels right, doesn't it? It does. Exactly. Yeah, it resonates and it resonates with all of us too. And, and we're so grateful for your leadership and, and your get it done attitude. You know, if I've been you know me in this procrastination with a capital P. Um, <laughs> if I had been in charge of making this all happen, it probably wouldn't have come about so smoothly. So thank you publicly for what you've done to help You're us. Welcome. This is, I mean, it is something that um, I find a lot of, of joy and I, it's almost like I can't not do it. It just feels so... Um, so right. And so it's, it's like the, the purpose and the commitment to, to pursuing that is, is, it just feels really good. Well, you know, that comes across and your excitement is so contagious. Uh, it, you know, I, we've all heard if we take in sales training or other kind of trainings that 85% of any situation being successful involves the enthusiasm that goes into that. And I mean, your enthusiasm has been so contagious when we get together and, and the ideas, I can just literally see them popping out of your <laughs> mind. And it's like, oh, I want some of that. You know, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's perfect. You're, you're in, I, I sense that you're in exactly the right place at the right time. Cool. Well, and so that, I mean, when I look at, um, you know, the writing I did, um, really what I want to move forward this year, and if I was to say one word that, that, that encompasses what I want this year to be, is mm -hmm. vibrant. Oh, I like that. Um, we put the two words together. Remember when I did my word, it was... Action. Action and vibrant. And if you put yours in front, vibrant action sounds good. Sounds great. Yes. <laughs> and working together toward that. So, I mean, I have several goals. Um, now, they aren't smart goals. Um, you know, the things that I'm moving towards and, uh, you know, the, the, the things that I'm moving towards is I'm in the process of becoming a certified life coach. And so I've, I've mentioned it on our blog is that mm -hmm. right now I'm in the place where anybody who wants a free um, coaching session with me, um, I would prefer to do a session, a, a, a package of three free um, 45 minute sessions to, to practice coaching um, and it simply need to um, send me a message on messenger about um, getting in my schedule. And that would be something I would love to do, but I will be a certified life coach in May. And uh, so between now and then I'm, I'm doing free coaching for people that contact me. And that has been absolutely mind blowing. I mean, it's something that um, 
I mean, something that I've always enjoyed doing, you know, helping people um, process and I don't know, evaluate their lives or, you know, look at something that's going and helping people not give them my opinions of what they should do, but helping them see what their options were. Well, that's really a mouthful that you've just said. You know, first of all, I think that is such a generous offer because once you become certified and once you begin having your practice, it'll be difficult for us to fit into that. But I think it's very generous and it is a wonderful way to practice. And they, through your classwork, they've given you the tools to do that effectively. And so I think that's extremely helpful. And, um, you know, just talking to you, if I didn't know you, I would say, no, that's somebody that I could accept coaching from. Coaching is so different from, from therapy. It's, you're not trying to solve a problem with a person. You're, you're just listening and you're hearing areas where they can do certain things to either change a way of thinking or to do the next step or recognize what's holding them back, you know, that kind of thing. What I like to, I mean, I've been in both therapy and um, coaching and uh-huh. what, um, what the difference in coaching is, is that a therapy, I mean, is, is fine and great and it definitely has its place. Um, when I've, I've been to therapy, it seems to, you know, focus on things that happened a long time ago mm-hmm. and there are sometimes, you know, some action steps. Mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've been had therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it, it, it's different. It is different when I'm in having a coach, a coaching situation is more like holding up a mirror to somebody. And mm, that's a good analogy, uh-huh. you know, and, um, saying, here's what I'm hearing you saying, you know, how's that working for you? Um, <laughs> you know, why are you thinking this? Why, you know, let's, let's explore this feeling. Um, and sometimes it's like the, what you need to do is so simple yet you were so clueless to it that it's, just you just want to shake your head and go, why didn't I come up with that? You know, well, you didn't see the forest for the trees, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even with um, sometimes I'll come to a coach with a with a, a, a bit of my journal, you know, and read that, and that will be kind of our, our jumping off point. And what I leave um, the session with is just like, why couldn't I see that, you know, mm-hmm. by myself? I did what I thought was the work, um, and yet there was such an epiphany that occurs um, after a coaching session and so much more um, clarity on what I need to do moving forward Mm -hmm. um, that it just, it has incredible value. Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. And I would encourage anyone listening to this podcast to get that, that DM out to you because you know, I know what coaches charge and three free sessions that could be very exciting for them. And I think we need to be careful a DM. And, you know, at first, when I first heard that, that phrase, you know, just so it's a DM, PM, me. isn't it? No, it's a DM, a direct message. Okay. So, you know, on Facebook, um, yep. you've got the little squiggle 
And the little squiggle mark up in the top right-hand corner of the page is a message. And you can message anyone in Facebook by putting that and, and typing in their name. I mean, not everyone, but if they're a Facebook friend or if you follow them and you want to, let's say you follow um, Sidetrack Sisters and you want a message, you, you hit that little squiggle mark in the top right-hand corner and you can send them a message that nobody else will see. So you can okay. say, hey, I'm interested in, in, you know, in coaching with you. That sounds, you know, like something I'd like to check out. And you, but nobody else knows that, you know, you've sent that message. So it's private. Okay. okay it's okay. direct. Um, or if you so say, it, it is a my, DM, but you want to use that little squiggle to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, or you can say, you know, my sister is going to contact you or how can I get my, you know, can you contact my sister or, you know, somebody that, um, you know, you can pass, you know, have somebody else message me. Like I said, right now, this is, um, January of 2022. So between now and through May of 2022, I'll be doing free sessions. And uh, just to, for me to get practice and to um, really um, hone my skills. And I'm really excited about that. So that's one of the things that I'm planning on becoming more vibrant in. But the other thing that we're working on, of course, are podcasting. And uh -huh. that has been something that um, I've always, you know, since I started listening to podcasts several years ago, and I don't know, did you start listening to podcasts first or did I? You did. Did I? And yeah. I do not remember how or why I started listening to podcasts. I mean, I've always been a national public radio listener mm -hmm. and I've always listened to audiobooks. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how I started listening to podcasts, but I mean, I guess that's rather irrelevant. Do you irrelevant. think it was Ruth? Bruce Sukup mm -hmm. um, with her podcast, um, Do It Scared? Do It Scared. I think that was the first one that I really got involved in. Okay. And really, really liked it to the point where, yeah, I um, went on her Facebook page and watched her introduce her children's book and all kinds of things. I really, mm -hmm. really enjoyed her. Yeah. And I was, I've, I've listened to all of her podcasts and unfortunately, um, about a year and a half ago, she stopped, she stopped podcasting. Yeah, she decided mm -hmm. that um, it wasn't her cup of tea any longer for whatever reason. And I'm not that she won't ever podcast again, but I listened to her. And what I what I really felt was it was one of the aspects of working outside the house, outside the home, um, being a teacher that I really wanted to incorporate into my new life. Mm -hmm. um, the things that I've been doing in the past several months coming up to this new year and new year's resolution was looking at what made me successful as a teacher and wanting to implement those things into my new life. I wanted to bring along the things that over the years have given me joy and been fun and been creative and made me successful and drop the things that, you know, not so much. Well, you develop some really strong skills throughout that period. And, and when you take your strong skills and you move them into a new area, it's just a, a recipe for success. You know, it really makes a lot of sense. So I think that was a, a great thing to do. And, you know, I've, I've seen you use those those steps and that ability to kind of organize what you need to do helping you to be um, able to attain goals that 
I wouldn't have even attempted. So again, <laughs> that a girl, good job. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's, speaking to the podcast, it's it's one of those things that it's been taking a while to get them up and running. But um, you know, I I, I I think I said a second ago that I've always listened to things in the car, um, mm-hmm. you know, on the way to work, and that's something that you know that developed into a love of podcasts, and so developing our own podcast. And actually I've developed more than one podcast, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is it's been a challenge. I mean, mm-hmm. I am going bald. I mean, trying to figure, there have been just some really simple things that I have found super challenging. And <laughs> it's like, this is the reason more people don't podcast because <laughs> it appears really easy. You know, it's like this, yeah, it's this not as easy as it sounds. but there are been some aspects of it that have really been frustrating mm-hmm. just in the technical parts of it. The technical parts are what are the most difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I think I've gotten through those, um, you know, we've gotten several podcast episodes of sidetracked legacies in the can. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in February, I will be launching my next two podcasts. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And those are Midlife Masterclass, where I mm-hmm. have um, interviewed and will continue to interview people that are really leading a beautiful life in their midlife. Um, they've done things to set themselves up to be really leading um, exciting, fulfilling um, lives where they're contributing and doing things that they love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we need those kinds of stories shouted from the rooftops. I agree. Oh, uh, midlife absolutely. is not a time to be, you know, just chilling out and relaxing. And, you know, I think all that's that chilling out and relaxing sounds so good from a distance. And at the same time, I can only speak to the people that I know really well. And that is that we often find relaxation in activity and especially in activity that we enjoy. And the other kind of loses its pizzazz. It doesn't have the purpose. It doesn't have the satisfaction. It doesn't have the other elements. I mean, that's fine for a day. You know, sometimes you need a mental health day to just kind of chill, but I don't think you need a life of mental health days. I think you need a life of, of, doing the things you love to do. I think the word that I want to give to you here, Judy, is contribution. I think (laughs) women in midlife have so much to contribute that in the past, we've heard from our coworkers and our friends, um, the phrase, um, you know, what are you going to do? I'm I'm going to stay home and take care of the grandbabies. Mm -hmm. I have this sense that the world is calling us to do more than that. That is a lovely and beautiful thing to do um, well, what happens so often, you know, so, I don't know, maybe, maybe some families have unlimited grandbabies, but what happens is those grandbabies get of an age where they don't need grandma to take care of them anymore. And then what happens is there's, there's nothing to fill that void. There's nothing that's been developed to, um, keep that person feeling purposeful and satisfied. And, and so the reality of it is, I mean, yeah, you can take care of the grandbabies, but there's all, there's time for a lot more than just that, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. And so then the the last one, so I've, we've got sidetracked legacies up and running. Um, uh-huh. 
in the can and waiting for its launch in February is um, Midlife Masterclass, where mm-hmm. these are going to be experts at doing midlife right, in my opinion. Um, people who have something to say to women um, so that we can lean in and, you know, really um, be, uh, have, uh, lean into our power and be successful in midlife to whatever that means for you. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. Like I said, I've got several um, interviews already done and it's just been, it's been so much fun using your word. And um, I'm, I'm, ex- a good word, I'm, ex- I'm excited about sharing that with people. And then the third one, the third one is, is kind of a pet project. I have no idea where it's going to go, but everybody over the years has always um, um, noticed and commented on my ability to read aloud, um, something that I have loved doing um, since way back in the day is read stories. Uh-huh. Um, when I was first began teaching, I started, um, I, I, I read a book by a guy named Jim Trelease, the Read Aloud Handbook, and it talked about all the, the reasons why reading aloud to children has such incredibly high value. And um, so as a teacher, I always read a lot to the kids, both picture mm-hmm. books and novels, chapter mm-hmm. books. And, um, you know, then as my kids got older, I really enjoyed even reading to them into middle school. Um, I think Kate and I, I might have even started reading, to, kept reading to him a little bit into high school, but not so much anymore. Um, and then when I, I stopped teaching for a short span of time and was involved in the family business, and when I decided to leave the family business, this was about when I was 35 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, I sat down and kind of did a life evaluation and two of the things that I really enjoyed doing that I wanted to bring back into my life again were reading and writing and, Mm -hmm. um, that reading part, you know, just really took me in not, not reading with kids or listening to them read or helping them become better readers, but reading to them. Mm -hmm. I really found a lot of joy in that. And so, um, and so once again, I, I, wanted to, how can I take the things that I was successful at in my previous career into my next adventure? And so that is um, a podcast called Classic Stories Uncensored, where I um, read classic stories. And I have a book of, and the first book that I read um, into that podcast was um, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Not the Disney, not the happy, not the happy ones, but Mm -hmm. there is lots of death and blood and um, darkness, darkness in these stories Mm -hmm. and lots of, you know, very old fashioned stereotypes, um, you know, gender role expectations. But what's, what's really exciting about this series that I've, I've begun recording, like I said, will be released sometime in the future, probably, um, Anyway, sometime in the near future, probably, yes, <laughs> is um, the springboard that it can be for conversation with specifically older kids, not mm-hmm. necessarily the younger ones, but like the, the conversations that I've had with my daughter who's in middle school. Um, there are conversations you can have about um, um, race. There are conversations you can have about um, feminism. Mm-hmm. 
about gender, about um, good versus evil, right versus wrong. You can really talk about, um, use them as a springboard. Um, mm -hmm. You know, years ago, people used to go for Sunday afternoon drives or, and, and talk as a family. When I was a kid, my mom would pick me up from grandma's house where I would go after school. And it would, you know, for the, the one mile drive home, it would take us 20 minutes to get home because mom would <laughs> drive all around the world. I'll never go for a drive with Sandy unless you have time. <laughs> exactly. Um, but she would talk my ear off about all things that I should know and, and believe and think and, you know, things that I should be doing. I mean, I think she talked a lot more than, you know, initiating conversation with me. It was right. conversation to me. But, um, you know, these she had are, a captive audience. She had a cap well, that's the glory of listening to a podcast where you listen to a story and maybe you're you're coming home, picking up your kids. You know, you've got a little bit of a commute um, or you're on a trip. You know, if you're on a road trip and you want a story start, uh, you know, story to start some conversation, this would be it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's what I love to do. And like I said, don't know where that one's going to go, but um we're gonna have well, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to have a, a, a introduction or a trailer to that one that state right out. These are not politically correct. <laughs> that I, I have the trailer done and um, it is in there. This is not politically correct. These, you know, you're going to um, go. I mean, the princesses are all pretty quiet and mm -hmm. things happen to the women in these stories. Right. And, right. Um, you know, the men have a lot of the power. Um, you'll look at, but the other thing that I want to explore in, in these um, classic stories aren't just uh, classic stories of European heritage mm -hmm. or, you know, Grimm's fairy tales, but I also want to get into um, stories of cultures around the world. Um, I mean, when I invite, and when I, um, when we adopted the boys, I was open to Russian fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And in, in those, many of them, you've got people traveling in flying stoves. <laughs> it was okay. just like, okay. Um, and that's what other people, you know, these, the, a whole, you know, country of kids grew up with was these classic stories where somebody would go around in a flying stove. I mean, oh, that's kind yeah. of great. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, there, we have a, um, a rich, Native American tradition that has stories with um, mm -hmm. animal characters. Um, there's there's um, Aesop's fables that I shared with my kids when they were younger. Not once again, not necessarily little, not you know primary age kids, but you know um, middle elementary where um, we mm -hmm. kind of played a game every day where I would read a uh, an Aesop's fable and then I would give that you know, in my book it had the moral to the story because all Aesop's fables have a lesson. Right. I would read to them then three choices of lessons and I'd ask the kids, what is the lesson for this story? And then we'd okay. discuss what was the lesson. Uh-huh. And then I'd tell them what the lesson was supposed to be. And then we'd debate whether or not we agreed with that, that lesson. <laughs> and I thought that would be a great um I love that format. That's amazing. Yeah. Classic stories uncensored. So because I mean, we are familiar with like the tortoise and the hare, which mm -hmm. is a classic Aesop's fable. Um, but there are hundreds, I think least, hundreds, you know, yeah, more than a hundred Aesop's fables and many of them are, are, most of them are lesser known. Um, exactly. so that would be a, a fun component of the, the, um, classic stories uncensored. 
Well, Lisa, all I can say is in order for you to get everything accomplished that you've got <laughs> on that list, you're either going to have to work at warp speed or you're going to have to live to be 125. So I'm looking forward to all of it and, yeah. and enjoying being any part of it that you see fit. So, you Thank know, you, you didn't even mention one of my favorite ones that I've seen you working on. That's what? the Mindful Kids. Yes. Well, you know, I'm feeling like the Mindful Kids 101, that's going to be the umbrella um, over the um, the stories, the stories, the classic stories uncensored, because really what I'm looking at with the Mindful Kids 101 with the video series that I was working on is really getting um, kids and, and their grown up and, and us grown ups who, you know, want to, you know, still focus our inner child, I guess, um, where there are videos that help people um, breathe, move, and focus. Um, be mindful, be present. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. really what the classic stories Uncensored is doing is it's causing us to be mindful about what we're reading. Mm -hmm. and, and that is a really important skill for you know, our kids to be brought up in um, not just taking a story and believing it or taking it at face value, exactly. but really looking at it and going, is this a trustworthy story? Is it a story that represents um, a belief that I hold or do I want to challenge what I'm hearing here? Or is this a story that represents the way things were at a certain time in history and maybe they're not that way anymore? And so shouldn't be anymore, or in my opinion, needs to um, be something I need to shake up. Yeah, and if you can help uh, children be cognizant of that and help them in their decision-making process, that's hugely valuable. Yeah, so that would be under the category of being mindful. And, Lisa, um, yeah. you have created for me an incredible sense of learning and knowledge. It goes way beyond um, <laughs> resolutions, but I can only say I really enjoyed this time together. Cool. And Thank you. It's time for us to let you go on to your next chapter or your, not your next chapter, but your next assignment. And, uh, yes. Thank you. Am I to do this? Sharing. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Yes. Okay. Thanks, okay. Jane. You are a great You're host. Welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, I, I have uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. And before we call it a wrap, I just want to say that I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics that you would like to see addressed on the podcast, just go to the Sidetrack Sisters page or the Sidetrack Legacies group on Facebook. We would love to engage with you and grow together on this legacy journey. Don't forget, if you like what you heard, please, please be sure to leave a review for us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And also, be sure to subscribe or follow us to be notified of new episodes. So, that about does it. Thank you so much for listening today. Our goal for this podcast is to inspire you to look at your own life, tap into the memories, find the wisdom, and write it down as a legacy for your loved ones. Until next time, take care. <laughs>